Hello and welcome to this episode of Diverse Web3 Builders. I am Brian Zwerner, the president of We Studios here in Atlanta, and joining me today is my friend Jordan Harold from Blockchain. Jordan, thank you for spending the time with us today. No, thank you for inviting me, Brian. I'm super excited and honored to be on. Seriously. Excellent, man. Well, you and I met a few years ago uh, when you were playing football and fan controlled football here in Atlanta, one of our portfolio investments from beyond the game. But, you know, let's start with your background. We can start there. We can start earlier. Tell tell me a bit about yeah. your, uh, you know, yourself and how you kind of got into the business world. Yeah. So, you know, really, you know, my back, like you said, my background is primarily sports, man. Um, but Another another thing I want to add into that, growing up um, in St. Louis, Missouri, that's where I'm from, um, you know, my mom taught me a lot of things about entrepreneurship. You know, she would go and set up these vendor tables at all these different, you know, things. Anytime I had a basketball game, tournament, stuff like that, right? And so she taught me a lot, and I've personally seen her take us from poverty to uh, middle class. I've watched her do it. Um, so just growing up, I, I got a, a lot of different things. Um, and my first job ever was actually sales. So selling for her knives. or selling for somebody else? Selling for somebody else. I sold okay. knives. I, I always sold for her. That, I didn't really count that as a job, but I guess it was. <laughs> in a way. I sold knives at a company called Cutco. Oh, <laughs> sure. Was, yeah, they're famous for hiring college kids to go knock door to door yeah, exactly. and sell the big giant right. steak knife sets, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super sharp. So sharp, I cut the top of my finger off doing the... Oh. <laughs> Doing an example, luckily it was from my, my, my like my family, but it was okay. Um, but I saw knives, man. I think in my first week, uh, I made, you made, I think I made like seven, seven hundred to a thousand dollars as a, you know, like 15, 16 year old. You know what I mean? So for me, when I realized that, you know, a lot of things just started to come into me, and then just being in football uh, my entire life, really, you know, I think from the age of like seven or eight. It instills certain things in me, such as discipline, hard work, all those different things. Uh, so, graduated high school. Um, actually, had so you a, were a big star in football in high school growing up. When, when did when did you start to know you were good and like could maybe play in college? <laughs> did you I know knew, that young, was, or you didn't know that till you got a little older? No, I knew I was young. I knew I knew it when I was young because I loved the game, and I a lot of people. I was always bigger too. You know, I was like two twenty five in the fifth grade, man. Was, oh boy. I was a big kid. Yeah. How big are you right kid, now? But I'm right now I'm 250. I'm I'm about 6'2, 250. So okay. I'm still, so I'm still sizable big, dude. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so um, middle school, you knew you had a shot to play in college. Did you go to like a high school where a lot of guys went on to play in college? Was that pretty common? Yeah. Actually, yeah. My my first year I actually went to a private school, you know, you know, and it was supposed to be you know academic but it was primarily football scholarship right and it was uh it was in st louis missouri um and it was actually christian brothers college um but long story, after a year i actually left and went to a public school called mccool north and that was probably the best move i could have ever made because i i dealt with things at, at cbc that i didn't really understand but when i got to mccool north uh you know and i think i was spoiled up there too man because i had to i had to learn how to you know, really knuckled down. Um, and even my grade point average jumped up like, you know, to like a 3.8, you know, that's another thing. Um, but I learned a lot, especially with Coach Shot Mueller. Um, and in high school, I was just good. As soon as I came over, I started, you know, I started, man. <laughs> I wasn't the, uh, I wasn't the guy that made all the plays, but I was the guy that did everything right and made plays, you know? So when you have both, man, I made all, like we had a, 
I had some really good teammates, man. We had Keith Jones, D'Amico Crawford. We had some dogs, man. We had some really good, some really good guys that went on to play college. Um, so, but I was right in the mix. So coming out, I knew I was going somewhere. Um, and I actually, I got some scholarships. I got some offers uh, coming out of high school, but I ended up going uh, to a division, committing to a division two college called Northwest okay. Missouri State. Um, but being there, actually, I went through a lot of different things mentally, emotionally, and I realized I just wanted more. I wanted more. And I, cause I knew the, the type of player I was and where I was supposed to be. And, you know, to be honest with you, you know, I had, it's, it's like a story out there. They call it the leap of faith, man. Uh, I left a division two scholarship. I left everything and I took a leap of faith, uh, and just went to Mizzou. The University of Missouri. No scholarship, no full offer. You were a walk-on. Nothing, nothing at all. So wow. I left for scholarship and went to went to nothing because I believed in myself, um, and I believed in what the God-given talent God gave to me. And I know where He wanted me to be. You know, so when I got to Missouri, I was six string. The next year, I started, and the year after that, I became a captain. Love so that story. <laughs> it was a yeah, it was listen, it was it was one of those things that taught me about myself. It taught me about so much. Um so it, I graduated from college, right? And I'm you know, I'm hoping to get picked up. You know, I, I got and this was when when did you finish playing at Missouri? So I graduated in 2017, uh December 2017, and my draft year was actually 2018. So the 2018 right, right. spring draft, of the eight spring of 2018. Yeah. Exactly. So that's my draft year. Um, uh, continue going forward. Nothing was really happening for me. You know, I had I was in conversation with teams draft week, but something happened. You know, I'm not sure what it was, but I keep going. I end up going to uh, loads of different places, man. I'm going. To, you got invited uh, to training camps after after yeah. draft. Yeah. Well, I, well, actually, uh, I, I was pre-draft, but mm. after the draft, you know, I think it was just. just be completely honest it was some stuff going on with my agent man you know i wasn't mm. sure what it was but um nothing really happened you know nothing did i got some traction from teams but it was still like all right you're on our short list etc um and after a while i realized i had to do something you know i was still playing football i ended up going to china for a little bit to play for team usa that was pretty cool that's fun um, i end up yeah, I stayed after everything, but while what kind I of crowd do you get in a Chinese football game? Are people coming out? Do they know the game? Are they do they even know what to I mean, cheer well, for? <laughs> it was actually similar to the Olympics, man. Um, yeah. you know, we, I played against different teams: China, Canada, Mexico. You know, it was pretty cool, man. Uh, I ended up going up to going up to Mexico the following year, which was a that was another interesting story. Um, but throughout the entire time, you know football wasn't making me enough money also to to bring me what i needed you know it was something i love but i needed to eat you know right. um and i didn't want to depend yeah. on my mom or anything different like salary that. structure once you get out of the nfl <laughs> exactly exactly so i'm sitting there and i'm just like you know i got to do something so i started a business called um elevated being by jordan mm -hmm. hero and it's actually it was fitness and mental health uh so that's something that i actually i stayed with you know, I kept going, still chasing my dream, but took it upon myself to start my own business. You know, I built a website via Shopify, a whole bunch of stuff, man. Um, and, it, and it grew to be pretty successful. And you just um, figured this all out on your own or you had some people working with you or some mentors or advisors or you just hustled? I just hustled, man. That is kind of it was kind of one of those things like I always had a mind to to create. 
And once I came up with it, I just needed to know how. So I did research, went online, did a couple of different things and just got to creating, you know, and then uh, from there, I, I continue, man, I can, I continue, you know, and I still, I still was hungry. You know, I came back, you may, you may have heard another story about me. I, I was in, I went viral again, um, still doing my business. Uh, but then I went, uh, where did I go? I went to, I, like I said, this is when I went to Mexico. When I came back now, because I had to leave Mexico because they weren't paying me, right? So I just left and came back. <laughs> when I came back, I, I, I stood outside of the Panther Stadium and I held a sign that said, I will pass Royce for hot wings. Right? So <laughs> I have seen yeah, that uh, video. That's not that picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went, I went viral, man, and it got me some. And this worked. Yeah, it did. It worked. <laughs> it worked. Marketing, man. It was marketing. That's, that's one Brilliant. thing. Brilliant. Affiliate marketing, learning marketing. I'm like, man, I can take this same stuff and apply it to football. So it's like, and the Panthers called you into the building for a workout. Well, I actually know, but I was in contact with them. I just think that I forget exactly what happened, man. But it was a, they had to get in contact with me regardless because the story was everything. <laughs> it was blowing up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I end up later that year. I end up actually uh, signing a contract uh, for the CFL, the Calgary Stampeders. So yeah, up in Canada. Something came of it. Yeah, so something came of it. But then right after effective immediately almost COVID hit. You know, that was the end of right. 20, what, 20, 2019 yeah. going into 2020. Yeah. So that was put on hold. And then for the entire year I was still signed to Calgary. You know, I was really really good contract for the CFL, to be honest with you. You know, yeah. it was a nice amount of money. So I was excited about that. Um, and then next thing you know, we go into uh we we I go to the FCFL. Right. right. So, Fan-controlled football yeah. down here in Atlanta. You came down for season yeah. one and like beginning yes, of 2021. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, so we're, we're kind of jumping a little bit, but hopefully, you know, it's flowing. Hopefully You're doing great. <laughs> All right. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. And um, as we, you know, as we did that, you know, I, I loved it, you know, and I actually got cut from the CF. I mean, the, the, yeah, the CFL because I was there, I believe. Right. You were down um, in Atlanta. You weren't up in Calgary. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, so they cut me. Uh, but time goes on. It was in the first season, I think it was pretty cool. You know, I think we liked it a lot. Um, you know, there were different things that went on, but we were like, OK. And I actually I had a like an entire the, that that first season for me was a big life changer, not only mentally and physically, but also spiritually because of personal conversations God had with me to be fully transparent. That's another conversation. Right. Um, <laughs> But then just moving forward, you know, soon after, and that's actually uh, when Dodgecoin started to blow up. <laughs> yep. And uh, now, was that your first exposure to crypto and Web three? Was was Doge starting to make a big uh, a yes. thing in the news? <laughs> yes, it was. Did one of your teammates really... tell you about it? How'd you hear about it? Do you remember? Back in Missouri, back at the yep. University of Missouri, I had a teammate tell me about Dodgecoin. Right. Oh, and you didn't buy it back then, 2016, 17? No, I, I bought it. Okay, bought okay. It. Yeah, I bought it. And the thing is, I think I, I made a purchase of like $300 of it, right? It doesn't matter, um, man, when it goes up that much. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it was it was one of those things, like, it was it was pretty cool. And then I actually remember selling some of it. So I'm not sure that the exact number that I had in there at the time where it started to blow up, but around that, I think around January, I seen it, whatever I had, it jumped to like $400. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to do more. 
I got to do more. So I'm going and I'm telling everybody, you know, I'm like, hey, man, I invested in this thing. Do it. <laughs> and next thing I know, it, you know, it blows up, you know. Yeah, Elon Musk, and he's on Saturday Night Live talking about it and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I was telling everybody, get it, you know, get it. So everybody, the first season of the FCF, everybody just knew me as a crypto guy. You know, Because <laughs> you were telling every one of your teammates and everybody in the league to buy. That was a good yeah, time to exactly. buy. Anybody who listened to you would have made some money at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, that that actually happened for a lot of people. So I'm, I'm fortunate to have even just, you know, a record of telling people something. And even in with stocks and investments, you know, like just like that, like it, and it goes up, you know, but I tell them it's not financial advice. You know, like, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Do your own research. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so long and behold, after the season, I went back to my bread and butter, which was fitness, right? And and by the way, that was a business that I built um, in, and I actually, that was my first, because of football, I had to expand. That was my first time hiring contractors to train for me, to mm -hmm. take care of my clients when I was away. So that, that taught me a lot about communication. The, the entire year did, yeah. so I learned a lot about. Well, the good news is from, from football and the leadership roles you had there, you know, you knew about how to, lead people, work with people, motivate people. I mean, the we always talk about yes. at Beyond the Game Network, the the life lessons from sports just translate amazing to entrepreneurship, the resilience and yes. picking yourself up when you get knocked down and finding coaches and being coachable yes. and the leadership techniques and things you had to learn on the football field as a captain. So I'm, I'm guessing those things yes. really benefited you in all your entrepreneurship experiences. Yes. Yes, 100%, you know, and, it, and it's not like I was perfect, but with those tools, it definitely helped me, I think, way beyond, uh, maybe even I know, you know, so it's one of those things that I, I'm super, you know, blessed to have those experiences. Um, and, he, you know, and coming back, I just, you know, I went back to it, you know, I'm, I'm, and I have a client, right? So my client, you know, and, and being in Florida, uh, you got, you know, like in Atlanta, it's, it's just kind of the same thing. You know, but you got some people that actually come from. They call them. Uh, what do they call them? I'm having a brain fart. They they uh, they snow something. I forget what it is, but they come down from New York. Oh, the snow bunnies who move down down there. Snowbirds, yeah. yeah. Snowbirds, that's right. They yeah, come down they for come. the for the winter yeah. in the Northeast. They come down to Miami and then go back. <laughs> exactly. Um, and his name his name was actually Fosh Malai. Fosh, now Fosh okay. was born in uh, he was born in Iran. Um, and grew up in the UK. Um, and Fosh, uh, we just had a lot of conversations, man. He, you know, he was in the real estate, stuff like that. I trained him every day at 5 a.m. So we, we got really <laughs> close. Um, and one day I'm telling him about Bitcoin. I'm like, hey, man, you need to buy this. You know, and this this is right before it went to like 60,000. He right. was saying it was going to go down. I'm like, I'm like, no, Shosh. I'm like, I'm like, I would buy this, man, if I were you. But anyways, we're talking and then one day we come up with this idea and he looks at me and because I, I was just telling him different things and it's almost like a, a download happened and for him and for me he said man what if we made a cryptocurrency to help people and i looked at him and i said fosh you have no idea what you just said so from that point on i sat down and i actually the, the inspiration that i got from uh because at, at mizzou i learned a lot and i actually studied sociology uh, that was part of my degree so i had an interdisciplinary studies degree because of football um that led me into business statistics and sociology 
Perfect. That has a lot to do with everything. Yeah, literally everything, everything, right? So um, I'm sitting there. I'm like, uh, I studied a, a town called the Greenwood District in Tulsa, Tulsa Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I learned everything about this town, you know, and about how at the time, we knew the, the climate at the time, you know, back in the 1920s, 30s, et cetera. Uh, it's segregation, you know, it caused a lot of problems. But at the time, due to the, the racial climate, it actually benefited the black community specifically. Right. And the reason Especially why in Tulsa, yeah. they were able to yeah and they were able to come together and bring resources you know it, it was a town purchased by Otto Gurley who took these resources or who bought who purchased this land told everybody to come and say hey let's just build from the ground up right where we are where we are and unfortunately it was burned to the ground right but it taught me something the only way to build wealth is or to make true effective change rather the only way to make true effective change is to build wealth and that's amongst all people right so the black and it is better known as Black Wall Street. So Black Wall Street taught us something in terms of everything in our in our entire world, our economy. We have to build wealth if we want to fix stuff, right? And we can do it amongst each other. And one thing the blockchain allows you to do in decentralized finance helps you do exactly that, right? So uh, we came up with this idea called the uh, called the blockchain, right? Mm-hmm. On behold, the blockchain network. Um, an idea was create a blockchain token and. This token immediately, you know, to be honest with you, it really had not a lot of usage. You know, it really right. didn't. Um, it was, yeah, it was really made with the idea of completely just helping people. And that was it. We were going to give 10, we we're actually very radical at first. Right now, it was actually 10% of every purchase going back to uh, communities of color and underprivileged communities everywhere. Um, but initially, we were thinking like 20%, but that's radical, right? You can't tell somebody to, to invest. Uh, into something and lose 20%, you know, it doesn't even make sense for an investment, right? It doesn't make sense at all. Um, but, and that's actually the conversation I had with somebody who who was thinking about writing me like a $100,000 check, <laughs> you know? And he was a little worried that too much of the money was going to go to the mission. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was more so like, how am I going to get this back? Right. You know, so, right. we, so we realized, all right, we have to make sure there are, there are stuff added to this because you know, and we learned some things like Nike. Uh, man, maybe I shouldn't have said the name, but I mean, they did say. Uh, you know, they actually earned. I think they did the Colin Kaepernick campaign, right? Right. And they gained like thirty billion dollars. You know, that's thirty billion, right? I think a lot of that was from the black community, right? So, and you have the Black Lives Matter movement. You have different movements that just happened, right? Mm-hmm. And people uh, they get around them, but what? what real change was done, right? right. So it, there's a, a lot of talk, a lot of pledges, but not a lot of follow through and, and nothing exactly. that's really enduring. So it's great right. timing to set that up when you did. Exactly. So that was, that was the idea behind it and really say, all right, we have this blockchain where we can use this currency that benefits everybody. And if we use it, it'll actually re- rebuild communities and we can create a whole new economy with it, right? And that, that's inclusive to everyone everywhere. So if I say I want to rebuild this community, I just build on this chain, you know. So moving forward, that's the idea we went with. We went with uh, the uh, the token is a BEP20 token is built on the Binance blockchain, um, and that was the idea to really push it, you know. But then we realized we had to we had to do more, you know. We and the goal is to build our own chain, right? With a with an amazing ecosystem, um, with a protocol that actually helps with. Uh, 
I think we said equity and a couple other different things that we were really big on bringing wealth back to the community because that's the idea. So it's, it's a super passionate and also ambitious project, but I'm super confident in it. Um, and now we're at a place uh, to where we're showcasing it in a different way. Now we plan to take a reverse, you know, a reverse way to get to the end goal because we realized that we want to want to make it to make it make sense to people especially for communities where they don't really understand blockchain they you have to kind of show them the use cases that might fit into their own lives, lives right exactly they don't understand web3 you know a, a random person on the street you know that's out of our world is going right. to be like what is that you know what is it what is the nft is it a jpeg you know so it's like it's like well when you make it real for them and you say hey you know, I have something that you can actually touch, um, which is the idea we came up with for the NFT fashion showcase. And that uh, happened so just recently, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. It came out recently. Um, and that marketplace will actually be revealed in the next couple of days. Um, but it's a it's a marketplace that's really important because it showcases how, again, we can give power to creators uh, or to a community anywhere. And now you're able to transact and not only as you transact with each other um, or with your audience, but you're able to consistently, consistently make money using something called the NFT. Not only that, you're giving back to a community, right, if you use this blockchain token, right? So it's one of those things um, that's, that's big to us um, in terms of understanding that. Um, and, and the way and this was a traditional sense. fashion show, you had designers yes, working with models on a runway in South Florida yes. and everything was powered by the blockchain token and, and, uh, and infrastructure. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it was one of those things like, all right, so now we have a real runway. We're going to have a, a big event with people in the building. Right. So we had about two to 300 people, which was great uh, for our first event. Um, it was phenomenal. And you have these, you have models going down a runway with these designs. And now you have a one of one design on each run of show, right? So each set for the designers, that's an NFT. Right. It's phenomenal, right? So it's like, it's again, and I tell people, you know what an NFT is. It's like if, if Picasso created a painting, right? And sold it, sold it, sold it. But now you have this tangible uh, fashion design that can be sold repeatedly and it's also it's also on the blockchain you know and no one can it's, it's all transparent right? everybody can see it and i think that's something and as i spoke to the designers even this past weekend that's something that they love you know they're like i can get paid for this all the time do you know and i'm like yeah <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm like and I, I let them control their royalties i'm like what what percentage do you want you know so and that's a big thing for creators to have full control um over what they create how they create and if somebody wants to rebuy it they still make money so i guess that's that was a big thing for us um and, and again we we have loads of ideas but we want to yeah, tell us about some more understand. things that are coming up to to get the word out about blockchain in the community what are some of the other things you've you've got coming up the rest of this year yeah so we we plan to really push really push and actually create some more events uh for the nft fashion showcase um and i guess right now that's like our biggest focus to really push for more events uh, for Atlanta. If we want definitely going to be in Atlanta. Uh, we actually planned for the end of this year, but we're thinking that maybe it'd be best if we do uh, early next year, just because uh, it'll give us enough time, you know, and we can, I think we can make it a little bit more special for Atlanta because that's a, that's a, 
that's like it's a lot of love there. It really is. Uh, so we want to make it big, uh, super, super great. Maybe even add some days to it. Um, and I think that would be phenomenal uh, having a big event. Um, and and we have different the, uh, you've kept the charity element to this, the give back to the community element, right? Yes. And so like, yes, how is how does blockchain give back to the community? How does that work? Right. So we're taking 15 percent of all the proceeds from the actual event and giving it to charity. Not only awesome. that, every time somebody uh, goes and buys a design, 10 uh, percent of it goes to uh, the charity. So that's Fabulous. a big thing. That's, that's awesome, thing. Jordan. That's really great. At, at the end of the day, if we're not doing if we're not doing that, then we're not doing our purpose, man. It's like, why why are we even doing it? You know, so that's wow. that's a big thing. I love that this business came out of just sort of jamming with somebody who initially was a little bit of a skeptic. <laughs> it sounds like on blockchain yeah. and, and finding your way yeah. to something that's really scalable. We always like to wrap these shows by talking about how the audience can help you. We've got a lot of listeners that are you know, running startups or running brands or creators or athletes or investors yes. in the space. How can the audience help help you achieve those goals and and dreams for blockchain? Yeah, I would say no, we're number one, you know, talk about us, you know, let, let everybody know about us. Um, we're definitely here. And, and there's any connections that are out there that are interested um, in investing or really just like minded individuals that are interested in, interested in collaborating. We want to connect. You know, the reason why is because we're, we're big on connections. We're big on relationships. As we continue to grow, that's what's more important to us, because the more within the network, the more we the more people we can help. And it's really that simple. You know, and any creators or designers that want to be a part of it, please reach out. You know, we're open to that. We, we want to fill it up. We want people to come on and, you know, we want you guys to, to benefit from this entire Web3 space. You know, it's important. So those are a couple of things that can definitely be done. Fantastic. Well, we'll have the links to the blockchain website and socials so people can learn more about how this works and be on uh, on top of the list for the next events that are coming up. We'll have Jordan's uh socials as well in there you can get in touch with him on linkedin or twitter and and get in touch and see how you can collaborate with uh with blockchain jordan it's it's fantastic to have you here today and to learn about the uh you know the inspirations for this business and hear your amazing story and uh we excited to see what you're going to be building here at blockchain and excited for what you're going to bring up <laughs> to the atlanta web3 ecosystem it's going to be great to have you up here as well yeah i'm excited i'm excited Thank you for having me, Brian. It's all again, it's, it's an honor to be on. And I appreciate you, your community. I'm super excited about it. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Diverse Web 3 Builders. Make sure you tune back in as we continue to highlight amazing people of diversity that are building in this space. Thank you.